Chapter 9 of the book of Exodus continues the story of the ten plagues. The um, beginning of chapter 9 describes the fifth plague, Dever, and um, this particular plague is interesting because the term that's used in this plague is not used in the any of the first uh, other eight, uh, nine plagues. It's the only one, which is God's hand. In the second and the third pasuk, it says, "Hine yad Hashem hoyav miknacha shebasodeh basusim b'chamorim b'gmarim b'bakar v'atzon dever kaved miot." So, the hand of God will strike your livestock in the fields various animals with a severe pestilence, Dever Koved mode. It's interesting that earlier, when Moshe first speaks to Paro, requesting that the Jews be allowed to travel into the desert to serve God, sacrifice, and Moshe said uh, to Paro back in chapter 5, please let us go, Pen Yifka'enu Badever O Becharef. So lest God smite us with Dever, pestilence, or plague, or cherev. Dever and cherev can be seen, actually, as a way to divide the ten plagues. That is to say, Dever is the fifth plague, and makat becharot, the smiting of the firstborn, which could be described as cherev, is the tenth plague. So one way, in other words, one way to break up the plagues is to see there are two sets of five. The first set of five culminating endeavor, which is attack upon animals, plague, which plagues the animals. And the tenth plague, cherev, or makat becharot, is also against the animals, but additionally against the firstborn of the Egyptians. That's a way to divide the plagues. But actually, the simplest way to divide them, as we had mentioned earlier, is to divide them into sets of three. Three, three, and three. Of course, before the first, the fourth, and the seventh plagues, we have the warning and the statement, Roman Teda, you will know. But in addition to that, uh, there's something else interesting about the division of the three, the three, and the three. The three, the three, and the three, the first two, power was given a warning. The first, the fourth, and the seventh plague, the warning is given in the morning. The second, the fifth, and the eighth plagues, there's a warning, not necessarily in the morning. And the third, and the sixth, and the ninth plague, there's no warning at all. One couldn't read that as the third plague of each set is a response to the fact that Paro has not heeded uh, God's word uh, regarding the first two plagues. It's interesting to note that we, of course, speak of ten plagues, but in two of the Psalms, Psalm number 78 and Psalm number 105, it would appear, as the psalmist describes it, not that there are ten plagues, but that there are seven plagues. In one of the psalms, what's eliminated are plagues 3, 6, and 9, which are, in fact, uh, in the Torah, seem to be responses to Paro's not heeding the warning the first two times. So it's curious that we have, a tr- seems to be a tradition uh, in the Psalms, two of them, of seven plagues, although frankly, 
counting up the plagues in those psalms is not so simple. It's not clear that it's seven. Professor Sarnop argued for seven. But of course, we have ten plagues. Having said that, there is something interesting about the seventh plague. The seventh plague is described in chapter 9, verse number 22. Vayomer Hashem al-Moshe neteyet yadcha ar ha-shamayim v'hi barad b'chol eretz mitzrayim ar ha-adam v'yar ha-behimar v'yar ko'esav ha-sodeh b'yaretz mitzrayim God said to Moshe, hold out your arm toward the sky that a hail may fall on all the land of Egypt. Human being and beast and all the grasses of the field in the land of Egypt. So the seventh plague is the plague of Barad. The Torah continues that Moshe, in fact, did this. So Moshe did this, obeying God's command, held out his rod toward the sky. God sent thunder and hail. And fire streamed down to the ground as the Lord rained down hail upon the land of Egypt. Now there are two things very interesting about this verse. The first is that the hail uh, is described as having within it fire. Now in the book of Exodus, fire typically is associated with God's presence or revelation. We encountered this small fire of God already in chapter 3 in the story of the snare. And of course, we encountered the greater fire in chapter 19, chapter 20, Matan Torah, the revelation of Sinai, which is a revelation to the whole community, not just to Moshe. So over here, the Barad, the Hail, Vati Arach Eish Arza, there's a suggestion over here that in particular, the seventh plague is one in which the Torah is emphasizing the revelatory aspect of the seventh plague. And that might be tied in with another interesting feature of the verse, which is the Torah in uh, speaking of the hail uses the verb vayamter, God rained down uh, hail from, from the heavens. Matar, or rain, is typically used in the Torah as a symbol of God's providence, of God's blessing or God's punishment. In the book of Devarim, in the Shema, second paragraph of the Shema, the Torah says if you abide by the mitzvot, there will be rain. If you fail to abide by the mitzvot, there won't be rain. Uh, The story of the man, the manna from heaven. God will rain down the manna from heaven. So the manna from heaven, in order to test the people if they will obey God's word or not. Chapter 16 of the book of Exodus. Over here as well, the hail is described as matar. God is raining down. In this case, it's a punishment. God rained down upon Sodom and Amorah in chapter 19 of the book of Breshit. So rain is the way God uh, manifests God's presence in the world, reward and punishment. So over here, the Barad, the emphasis over here is on God's uh, involvement uh, and, in fact, punishing those who disobey. The Torah continues in verse 24, 
Once again, the Torah emphasizes there was very heavy hail, and again, the fire. Flashing, flashing fire in the midst of the hail. Torah continues in verse 25. Barad Mitzrayim, Et Adam, the hail struck both human and beast and the grass of the field, Esav HaSadeh. And then in verse 26, Rak Bi'eretz Goshen, Asher B'nei Yisrael, Lo Barad. Only in the land of Goshen, there was no hail. So once again, the Torah speaks in this plague of God's providence. God punishes on one hand, and God spares on the other. All this is the seventh plague. At this point... Pharaoh calls Moshe and Aaron in verse 27 and says to them, Chatati apam, I have sinned. God is the righteous one. Hatiru el Hashem. Entreat for me unto God. Farav miyot kolot elohim bubarad. Vashacharatchem. Vlotosifun ramod. Once again, Pharaoh promises to let them go. Please entreat for me. Moshe said to Pharaoh, I will raise up my hands unto God in prayer, and the uh, thunder will cease, and the hail will fall no more, so that you know, it's interesting, as we have noted, that before the first, the fourth, and the seventh plagues, the Torah has Moshe saying to Paro, the plagues will be visited upon you in order that you know. And here too, Barad being the seventh plague, which is the third set of three, earlier, uh, in verse 14, This time I will send all of my plagues upon you, your person, courtiers, and your people. In order that you shall know. So the seventh plague, which is introduced as a set of three, begins with What's interesting about the seventh plague in particular is that the Torah has emphasized here, more than any other plague, the purpose of the plague mean, being to know. Because not only is it found in the beginning of the seventh plague, but it's also found in verse 29, towards the end of the plague. Moshe says, I will go out of the city, I will pray unto God, the hail will cease, in order that you know that the earth is the Lord's. And this statement in order that you know that the earth is the Lord's, actually reminds us of a different statement that we encountered back in the book of Genesis. In Sefer Breshit, the Torah described in chapter 47 how Joseph maneuvered all of the wealth of the Egyptian people unto Pharaoh. Because what Joseph had done is collected all the grain in the years of plenty, and the excess, the surplus, was placed in Pharaoh's storehouses under Pharaoh's control. And when people wanted the uh, food to eat, after one year they had to pay for it. They had no more money after one year. 
They had no more cattle after two years. And then they came to Joseph after two years, and they said, take us as slaves. And Joseph worked out a deal by which they would uh, make Pharaoh the owner of their lands, and they became sharecroppers. And the Torah says in chapter 47, So the land became Pharaoh's. I believe the Torah there has a veiled critique of Joseph. Because the Torah has says, says elsewhere that God, the earth is the Lord's. We are strangers and sojourners with God. And here, in the seventh plague, which is the longest of all the plagues, the seventh plague, the purpose of it, not just that there is none like me, says the Torah, but there's an additional Laman Teda in the seventh plague specifically. Laman Teda ki Hashem You, Pharaoh, must know, and more than anybody else, because you are the Pharaoh, and the Pharaohs in general, about whom the Torah said, Vatia Aretz Leparo. And how the Pharaoh was being told by Moshe, who speaks for God, no, no. It's not that the earth is Pharaoh's, but rather, Uman Teda. Ki Hashem Aretz, the earth is the Lord's.